Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield with Manny Things, and welcome to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the show where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you enjoy this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Things. Without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting. Today, I am very honored to have Mr. Matt Hempel on the show, a badass motherfucker um that honestly is a contender for the national title this year what's going on man it's going pretty good matt hopefully you are doing well can't complain that is excellent um guys I made today... all my uh made all my rounds for nationals today so we get them shipped out tomorrow yeah i mean or you could just fly with them if you felt ballsy i don't want to risk it my luck the luck i've been having this year they'll throw it off the plane <laughs> throw it off the plane or it's going to vegas or something right yeah it will go where i'm not going that's for sure and then or, or your guns will go there and don't don't wish that evil on me yeah so let's i'll knock on some wood for you then but yeah today guys this is going to be a great episode we got mr matt hempel on the show and we're going to talk about all things we want to talk about so matt first off who was matt hempel and how did you get into shooting sir i got into shooting through video games actually i was a uh, station overseas in japan and uh, on, in a Discord chat, one of my friends posted a match video. I'm like, what the heck is that? It looks awesome. He was like, USPSA. So uh, as soon as I got back to the States, I went to my first match, and I've been hooked ever since. That is pretty awesome. You're actually the first one. Surpri- um, I'm surprised to hear that you're the first one to get into video games, from video games into USPSA. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it now, was a, it's awesome. Now, was that like the Call of Duty two days or what? It was Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, oh, damn. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, just one of the guys in the Discord put a, put a match video. And as soon as I got out, it's the first thing I did. I shot a match and got my ass whooped. <laughs> I mean, oh, doesn't everybody get their ass whooped the first time? I think I got DQ'd. Oh, that's even worse. But, hey, that's like one of the, breaking the, one of my rules for your, your first ever match. Have fun, <laughs> you know. Be safe. Have fun. Don't get DQ'd. I got DQ'd my first two matches. <laughs> Stuck at it, though. Yeah. Do you remember what you did? The first one is I broke the 180. I was like, uh, you know, staying and shooting like all new shooters do. Mm-hmm. And I backed up and hit a barrel. And I just like turned around with a gun pointed straight up in the air. And uh, yep. And then the second one, I shot the whole match. And I saw some dude walk up to a bench, put his gun away. So, you know, I walk up there, put my gun away. And then I hear some guy yelling at me. And that was not a safe table. <laughs> so, yeah. did, did the other guy get DQ'd? No. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, somebody just did it right here. But yeah, it didn't save me. Oh, well. Uh, that, 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 that just breaks the don't be a dick rule, I guess, kind of. It's like, you were done. Yeah. It's a local, you know? Yeah. But rules are rules. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So you were, uh, you were stationed overseas. Um, I'm a, I'm a, you were a Marine, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah. I think that's what I've heard from everybody. Um, how long were you in the service? Five years. Uh, was it 13 to 18? okay god i just got that but by the time you were serving i just got out of high school <laughs> how old are you i just turned 27 so okay i'm 28 oh see okay you're not that much older shit yeah i yeah and you are uh, you're you're not in the, the best of regions you're in the north northeastern communist land yeah i live in uh south jersey unfortunately are you close to the shore uh no, I'm like right next to Delaware. Like I'm like 20 minutes from Delaware Bridge, so I can I can oh. get in the Mer- I can get in America real quick. 
Yeah, there you go. America. Fuck yeah. yeah I I'm, in, I'm in occupied territory at the moment. Yeah. But there's a huge USPSA community in the tri-state area. I mean, I could shoot two matches every weekend if I wanted to within yeah. two hours. It seems like it. From all your friends and all that, people, the people I know in your area, you can shoot like everywhere. So many. I've, I've almost shot like 200 matches. And since you time started shooting? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But like, I'd be really scared if like 200 matches this year. No. Yeah, no. This year has been a little weird because – some matches weren't even shooting in the beginning. Yeah. Cool. And like from what I get from Noel and Rob, like and Mike, matches sell out like two minutes. Yeah, they're like okay. So we shot Antalani, which is the best local on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's a state match every local in twelve stages mostly. And uh, that that will that will full, be full within a minute. Like forty seconds after the match open, it's full. So. And you don't even get to pick. You're pretty much finding a squad at that point, right? They, uh, yeah. So like my group, they always put us together. So they just squad force. But yeah, it's oh. pretty hectic. Oh, that's pretty nice then. Yeah. At least you're not riding solo on some rando squad, right? I actually have grown not to mind that because I've, uh, I just drove down and shot the North Carolina section, mm-hmm. and I was just I only knew like two people in my squad, and it it's it's a different atmosphere. You know, you're just kind of focusing on yourself the whole day. Yeah. I, I tend to shoot better that way because when I'm with my when my friends, you know, we like to have a good time. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of half the reason you go shoot a match, right? Does that's ninety percent of the reason, especially with locals. Majors right. are different, but locals, I'm just I'm just there to have fun at this point. Yeah. And speaking of the North Carolina Classic, what do you think of uh, non-competitor reset? That was awesome. That's my first match major I've ever shot like that, and it was it was. I wish every match was like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a very well-run match. The stages were awesome. Like, I got the walk, and I was like, oh, these are really simple. And then I'm like, no, this, this there's so many options. All the top guys, they all shot every stage different. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was uh, me, Sean Griffith, and Jay Beal were in the top three. And I watched their match videos and compared to mine, and we all shot the big fields courses not the same way. And mm-hmm. we're all similar hit factors. So that's a telltale sign of a great stage, great stage design. Yeah, and I think John, is it John from Outdoor Dynamics runs that match? I believe he does. And I met him for the first time. What an awesome guy. Let me stay at his house. So thank that's, you, John. That's pretty cool. You, yeah. you stayed with Jay Beal then, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. So I, I finally got to meet Jay. I mean, we've been talking f- since I've started. So that was really cool. Yeah. To drive down there and meet. I met a bunch of people I've only met on Instagram down there. So it was, it was a good time. I bet. Now, can you describe to us what it was, um, how competitor, non competitor reset was like at that match? You just, all you had to all you had to worry about was walking stages and visualizing your stage. You don't have to reset at all. Now, did you pay attention to like the staff? Did they have staff who was officiating the stage and then staff that was just resetting? Or nope, I think they they look like each stage. You know, at most majors, it seems like there's three ROs on every stage. This one had five to four, and they all had the routine. Like they would after the shooter shot, they would all go to their certain set of targets and steal and reset them. So I mean, it was smooth. That match, we shot those stages so fast. There was no backups. So that's definitely a way to do it. And then mm-hmm. if you think about it that way, you're not you're gonna have way less reshoots because a competitor that doesn't know how that's supposed to get set up sets up the activator wrong. Mm-hmm. It was just very well ran. That is pretty good. Yeah. And then you don't have anyone pasting targets prior to prior to scoring and no. They even had golf carts taking squads to the long stages. Like the match was awesome. That is pretty cool. Maybe one of these days I'll go to one of those matches, but see. You're you're uh, New Hampshire? 
No, Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Middle of bumfuck nowhere. It's probably getting cold up there already. Yeah, it's getting a little chilly. It. My last match of the season's coming up this weekend. So. Oh really? Yep. Not going to nationals. No, I'm not going to nationals. That's the goal for next year is to go to nationals. This will be my first nationals. Oh really? That'll be, that'll be fun then. Oh, I can't wait. You squatted with anybody you know, or are you a bunch of randos? I think the only person I know there personally is Van, Stephen Van. Oh, okay. He's on my squad. I have to look. I haven't looked lately. Mm-hmm. But. I, was kind of, I was kind of sad when I heard Jay wasn't going to uh, Nationals. But I yeah, I know. That does suck. I actually took his hotel spot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So thanks, Jay. <laughs> no, he's going to listen to this one. Oh, yes, he will. Jay listens. I get comments every once in a while about the shows, so. My buddy Jay definitely is listening, which is good. Now, Matt, um, have you taken any formal training? Um, I took a Steve Anderson class when I first started. And I took a class from a local GM, Matt Olinchak, even before that. And that's it. Yep, that's it. Now, is there any other, uh, besides being new to the sport, is there any other reason why you took those classes? Well, I took Matt Olinchak's class um, because he was the first GM I ever saw shoot. So I went to that match thinking I'm hot shit. And I saw, I saw him shoot and I was like, holy crap. I know nothing. <laughs> and uh, he actually gave me a little business card and he actually set up a class at my uh, local range. And we had like 15 new guys out there. And it was honestly the best class I've ever taken for a new shooter. His class, I don't think he does them anymore, but his class is the perfect intro to USPSA class. It teaches you everything you need to know of how to like get good and learn the sport. That's pretty awesome. And, I, mean, uh, I mean, I can't thank that guy enough. He, uh, I asked him a million questions in squad with him and he taught me how to shoot USPSA for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good friend. Pretty awesome. I, I would he love, just moved, he just moved down to Florida. So he left me. Oh, darn it. Maybe he moved next to John Vlieger. Cause I heard John he shoots with less pepperoni. So they're boys now. Oh, so is he shooting crotch optics then too? No, he shoots regular carry optics. Oh, okay. Plus is a good dude. He just made a distinguished master in IDPA now. He just won nationals, didn't he? Yep. It's the only way you can become that's a awesome. distinguished master. Uh, yeah, I don't know IDPA, but yeah, that's awesome. Man. That's all I know about IDPA and uh, fishing <laughs> tests. Yeah. I've never shot IDPA. I will at some point. Yeah. I think it gets more hate than it deserves, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'd agree with you. I mean, we, we, we make fun of it because it's not super fast go gamer stuff. It's, so. it's a different sport. Yep. But maybe, but, um, um, uh, but yeah, so I wish there would be uh more new beginner competition classes going out there. I think it's kind of my goal within the next year is to set something like that up locally to me and get more people involved in this and, uh, learn the sport and get comfortable before they go to their first match. Cause I, I know when I went to my first match, it was, it was, I was nervous, but I wasn't nervous. I was ex- really excited, but I didn't really know what to expect other than what you've seen on the internet. Yeah. I think that's something USPSA could set up better, teaching the ROs how to help new shooters better too, because I, I see a lot that aren't good at it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I-, I-, I could agree with you. I think there definitely needs to be, I think, I don't know. I think you were probably in the live uh, listening at the same time I was to uh, the Bacon Brass podcast on live where Tom was trying to talk about that. I don't think I was, I don't think I heard that part. 
Well, Tom was what I think Tom was trying to say was that USPSA could do a better job about a new shooter brief or a new shooter class prior to first match. And oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. that first match with a new shooter is going to be the difference to them if they come back or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I got DQ'd by a grumpy RO, and that could I could have easily got so mad I never came back. So yeah, never. I mean honestly, yeah, it, it it honestly could. I mean. I'm luckily I've been to matches and I've never seen a new person treated wrongly or poorly. Usually the new people always get, everyone wants to give advice to the new guy. And it's, it's quite funny. Unfortunately I have. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some, some grumpy artists around my area that just, they're looking for that notch in their DQ bill, you know, uh, they, they notch the timer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they, they got them somewhere the yeah. way they act. <laughs> and that, that's the unfortunate part. But they're Luckily they're far and few between, you know? Yes. And I'd even say most 99% of competitors are going to be nice to the new guy, no matter what. Yeah. I 99.9, but there's an asshole in every crowd sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So Matt, um, I, I did ask some listener questions and I did get a fairly good response, but most of them <laughs> wanted to know why you shoot the SPO one over a shadow two. I bought an SPO one and that's what I started with. And I've never switched. Oh, damn. That's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. I, uh, I actually I don't like the Shadow 2s as much, but I actually shot a Shadow 2 at the North Carolina section because both my guns were broke. Mm-hmm. And when the timer goes off, there's no difference between those two guns. Yeah. No. Because you've never had any trigger time on that particular gun before. I, I grabbed – so I was waiting for my parts, and they got lost in the mail, and I called up Jeff Emmerich, and I was like, dude, can I borrow your gun and go shoot this match? I drove through his house Friday night threw his gun in my trunk and drove down and shot that match. So, yeah, there's no difference between the two guns, to be honest. Yeah. Shadow 2, in dry fire, I feel like the Shadow 2 is a little bit too front-heavy for me. But, like I said, when I started shooting it under the clock, I didn't notice it at all. Yeah. it's kind of That's also kind of like the how everyone talks about a really good trigger. They only really care about it in dry fire or slow fire pulling the trigger. But when you're slapping that thing in a match at – 0.15 to 0.19 splits you know you don't give a shit the only time i feel the wall of my trigger to match if it's like a 25 yard tux or partial or something like that yeah that's interesting and then one guy asked why uh when are you switching over to beretta but i think they're being a smart ass <laughs> no i i uh, put that on my story i might i think i'm gonna pick up a langdon over the over winter and play with it because i don't know what happened to me this year but i've broke so much cz parts this year I broke th- three guns at Area 8. <laughs> three guns at Area 8? Yeah. What, what so broke? I have the CZ custom plate system on my SPO1s, and I had the aluminum plates on there. I've had them since I started shooting carry optics, which has been about two years now. And both my optics fell off at Area 8. The uh, the screws just pulled right through the aluminum. Hmm. And now, like, what luck is that? They both break at Area 8. So then I borrowed Steven Van's gun and broke his Romeo. And then I shot my friend's SPO1 that's direct milled. And uh, I had, like, 10 light strikes. So, yeah, that was a very frustrating match for me. I could imagine. I mean, that'd be at that point where your guns break. I'd just be like, I'm going home. I'm like, well, luckily, so I shot the first stage, and it was an overall stage one in carry optics. And I put my optic cover on my gun, the signer's cover. Mm-hmm. I was like, what was that clicking noise? I looked down and my optics just do, 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 do. So, okay, no big deal. That didn't hurt me on that stage. I'm going to go grab my backup. Shot my backup for six more stages. Same thing. And uh, I figured out what it was. 
but now I have steel plates. I got a, I got a bunch of ammo in a deal that was pretty spicy. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's what did those aluminum plates in. Yeah. But now I, now I have steel plates. So if anybody's listening has a CZ custom plate system, you have aluminum plate, get the steel plates they make now because aluminum will fail and cost you a match. Yeah. Well, aluminum, I think if, if steel's the option over aluminum, I think I'd take steel and over. Well, anything. I don't think that I got that system like right when they came out with it. Yeah. And I don't think they made steel ones yet. And I had no Probably problems not. with aluminum for two years. So I was like, these are fine. Nope, they're not. Yeah. Well, especially how many rounds do you put uh, uh, downrange a year? I don't shoot too, too much. Probably, I think last year I shot 8,000, and this year I'm going to shoot even less than that. Is that including matches, 8,000 with the matches? Yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't really live fire practice. I'm like Jay, I dry fire. And then uh, I just shoot, I shoot a local, at least a, one local every weekend. So mm-hmm. I use them as practice. So some locals, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go just push speed and then work on accuracy, and then every local is a practice. Interesting. But you do everything else in dry fire then. Yeah. Every, I mean, I, I will like, like, so Nats, is, I'll probably start going through range every other day. Okay. Till Nats starting probably next week. That's a good and plan. Yeah. Cause I got a bunch of ammo that I need to shoot up with, that has crappy primers. So, yeah. Now has, we were talking pre-show about it, but, uh, has, uh, the quality of primers, uh, been, uh, not so great around you so i just bought i recently got 5000 ccis and i my guns have always set off ccis and the new manufactured ccis my guns i'll have one light strike in every like 300 rounds hmm. and i've never had that problem with ccis before so i just made my nationals ammo and i use the last of my federals for that so right. i'm actually running heavier hammer springs right now because i have like i don't know i just made like 6000 with ccis and hmm. light strikes kill you man yeah especially like when you get one coming out of position you gotta go back <laughs> yeah especially when you really, it's the, really the, sucks you're the last shot in the, the array and then you're leaving at first i was thinking i was like what is going on and i started watching my videos and definitely light strikes yeah that's no bueno no, I, I've, I've been finally lucky about once a month now i've been able to get primers but none, yeah, oh, no none, they none are locally if you're, are you on that discord that yep they're, yeah. You look, they're in stock every day somewhere at this point, it seems like. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do this winter. I'm just going to, every time feds come in stock, I'll buy, I'll buy them as many as I can. And I think uh, the only problem is they're so expensive. Yeah. I quit buying them where, you know, you pay, you're paying 1,000 or you're paying for 1,000 primers and you got to pay hazmat for just one pack. It just became ridiculous mm-hmm. with the hazmat. Yeah. But now, now they're coming back where you can buy more than that. So it looks like we're on the downslope, hopefully. Yeah, at least become a little bit more regularly available. I haven't seen any locally to me. Um, no, well, yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen primers in a gun store in forever. Yeah. And then the only place I had them was a. There's a big gun store in PA, and they were only selling you 200. So every time I drove by, I'd stop and buy 200. Jesus Christ, that'd be. That's almost like a doing a drug deal, right? Here's the money. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told. I was like, I'll get my friend to come, and then his friend to come, and I'll pay him all money, and they go get me primers. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's- I mean, it keeps me. That's shooting a match, though. Two hundred primers. Yep. That's, yeah, that's, that's a local. That's a local. It's like some despair. I don't know. Not, well, not not all locals around here. We got some. We have York, York, and uh, Antolani. They're like two hundred plus rounds. Yeah. This la- my last match of the season this weekend is a minimum of two hundred because it's a ten stage uh, special local. So. 
Oh, nice. They're always fun. Yeah, it's really cool. It's uh, since Indiana, the south, um, south, uh, state south of us didn't have their section match this year because they didn't have a location for it. This uh, this club's doing uh, a special, uh, essentially like a section match, but oh, nice. It's a good match. I saw a few few uh, majors uh, didn't happen this year, and I think it was mainly because of COVID. You know, so some ranges they don't want that many people there, especially earlier in the year. Like yeah. Western PA, that was always an awesome match, and they couldn't have it. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, but speaking of where you're at, you're you know Delaware, New Jersey, you know New York, Virginia, PA. West Virginia, PA. You've got all those. There's so many majors. What? What was the farthest you drove for a major this year? That North area? Carolina section. That was in that area. Yeah, that. Like three. Uh, so I'm shooting VA State this weekend, and that's mm-hmm. that's like three three and a half hours away. Yeah, down in Fredericksburg. Yeah, you gonna have the whole crew there? No, no, it's just I'm rolling a team solo for as far as team hold my beer. But uh, riding around my friend, my good friend Jeff Hughes, we're going down there and shooting that one together. That's always good. Splitting a hotel room then. Yep. That's how you got to do it. You got to find your rider. You got to find your buddy. Be like splitting the hotel room with me. Yeah, that's when I that uh, North Carolina section night. I was uh was going through practice score and, and for whatever reason the two clubs that had locals they didn't have them that that week and I was like, man I want to shoot and I looked and I saw North Carolina section their spots open on Sunday so I signed up Wednesday, <laughs> drove six hours, shot and drove six hours home. Or no no it was it was eight hours. Yeah it was a hike. <laughs> yeah that is a hike especially so, driving oh, by yourself. Oh man I was calling everybody, <laughs> I was getting the nods. I, I am like that like. I could sit in the car and talk the whole ride as long as somebody would, uh, as long as I was coherent enough or uh, had an intelligent conversation. Yeah, you put a podcast on, you fall asleep in the car. Well, yeah. That Trust far. and believe, I know that feeling. I mean, <laughs> luckily, none of the podcast, well, some of them get kind of long, but some of them you're like, unfortunately, for I know I love Steve Anderson to death, but sometimes his podcast sounds like the same thing. So, yeah, he'll put you to sleep sometimes, especially now he can't play music anymore, you know? No, oh, I know. <laughs> Although he should start writing his own music again, like he he wrote a what he did a song called "Call the Shot" a couple months ago. <laughs> that was kind of funny to listen to because he was singing. Steve's so busy now; he's killing it. So good for him. Yeah, it is. He's able to support himself and his family doing what he loves. So yep. And he gets cool open guns. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about getting some open guns this winter. I don't know. Well, didn't Jeff just sell his open gun? Yeah, but that wasn't a Kai. They- yeah, I'm not a fan of those. <laughs> now we uh we talk about your SPL one over Shadow Two debate. So what other gear are you running? Because I know everyone's a gear queer. I mean, we're honestly. We you want to like go through everything? Yeah, go right ahead. So SPL one, it's Cajunized. I, I got the Shooting Sports Innovation Tungsten Guide Rod. That's just that didn't change anything. Five MOA SRO. That's it on the gun, and then. This year, I just got this super cool belt, the Dominate Defense belt. Oh, I love them. I love that thing. I contemplated buying this thing for a while because they're, well, I mean, they're not cheap. How much are they? Uh, 150 or something. 150. So that's like, what, five double alpha belts? Yeah. But this thing is a game changer. It really is because I don't know about you, but I'm super picky, like getting my belt the same way every time. Mm-hmm. And this belt is awesome for that. It's so consistent. The ratchet, it's super super uh stiff yes and then it is. obviously gx holsters they're the best mine will be here in november 
Yeah, he makes awesome stuff. The wait is definitely worth it. Yes. It I used to, uh, there was another company that makes double air codex, and uh, I broke so many of those. And this one has been awesome. I think I know what company you're talking about. And my holster is canted like jackassily, like, like curved over to the left, like towards me. And it's like, really? We couldn't be straight? Yeah, I, I kept cracking them right here. Yeah. And then they give them credit. They always replaced it. But three months later, crack it again. Well, especially with all the dry right. fire you're doing. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of dry fire. And then uh, I run this the new CR Speed Sidewinders because I'm a bullets out guy. Mm-hmm. And I, when I saw them come out with them, I was like, ooh, they're awesome. I, I always break the double alpha pouches. I don't know why. Probably because I'm a Neanderthal. Wait, you broke the XI pouches? Yeah. I mean, not broke them, but they kept getting loose on me, and you have to retighten that little lock nut. And then the springs will always just fly out sometimes. Yeah. They could stick and then fall out. So, yeah, I'm, I hate gear that doesn't work. That's why I'm thinking about not shooting CZs anymore. But, yeah, these are, these are stupid simple. They're cheap, mm-hmm. and they're just super durable. I love them. Yeah, I think after I was talking to you and I was asking Tim Heron about it, the Dominate belt, before I finally bit the bullet and just ordered one. Yeah, I I found out about them on the – you ever listen to Paracast? Oh, I love Robert Wyatt and – All those guys, dude. I've been listening to them before I started shooting, and when they were were raving about it, and I I picked one up because those guys are awesome. Yeah, I I love listening to Squib Nandez. Yeah, I I, I miss when they had Kenny Platt in the show, but Kenny Terry's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah, I you know there's a podcast I miss, and they're called uh, the Perfect Double Podcast. T- Tim, Kenny, Steiner, get your shit together, know. please. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome together when they do a show. Well, and then when, oh. unless Steiner's drunk, and then it's a, <laughs> a piss show. <laughs> I there's so much information I got from that podcast from Kenny and all those guys. Mm-hmm. I'm a, yeah, I'm a podcast. Like I've listened to every shooting podcast. You've got, I, I mean. They're all different, which is the nice part. Yeah. I think the only one I don't, I mean, there's a lot I probably don't even know of, but the one I do not listen to is the Firearms Nation podcast. I will if, if the guest he has on is interesting. Yeah. Jeff I just was on that, to... wasn't it? Yeah, Amrich was on that. Yep. Oh, see, I haven't, see, interesting people I'll listen to, but I haven't, I haven't yeah. listened to that. I totally forgot about that until we just said that. Amrich has a cool story. That's on that podcast, so it's worth to listen to. I'll have to listen to it. It's about how USPSA saved his life. So go check that podcast out. It's pretty interesting. I will. I'll have to. But there, I mean, I listen to shooting podcast. It's kind of sad when one of my shooting podcasts doesn't upload. But... Yeah, I know the feeling. Like Paracast, they're every week, and when they don't come out with on Monday, I'm like, oh no. I was looking forward to that Monday morning at work. Right. <laughs> well, I my Monday, my friends uh, Tony and Jackie, they've been on the show, my show before. But they uh they used to show up do every Monday. So my morning Monday morning breakfast when I was cooking breakfast, I was listening to that show until they started failing on me. Though so it's okay though they moved to Tuesdays now. But now you haven't broken the Sidewinders yet. No, no, they're they're awesome, man. Now have you since you drive for all the time, you're always putting your inner belt and outer belt on. Have you noticed like the loops fraying at all on the front of your belt? Yeah, I mean they're they they're. They've gotten fluffy, but they they're not they're not going anywhere. Okay, so yours have gotten fluffy too. Okay. Yeah, I think that's gonna be normal. And, and I imagine if I do have a problem, 
that dominant fence guy seems awesome. He'll fix you. I mean, that's the thing is when you move, use gear as much as we do, you're going to break everything at some point. Yeah. That's true. I was even thinking about just, I'm weird. I'm like back in the shoot fast podcast days, I was listening to Cody Axon with his dry fire shorts. Yeah, I do that too. And I got that from him. And I was like, damn, well, I was using my old ghost inner belt just in those shorts. Cause I didn't feel like threading a bunch of crap all the time. So I was like, eh. But then I noticed that belt, literally, I could literally pull, the other day I pulled the insert, I was able to pull the insert out because it just like, the bottom threaded separated. And I was like. Yeah, the ghost belts, they're, uh, I, I started with a ghost belt too because it was cheap and on Amazon and mm-hmm. they're, they're good, but they're, they're like too stiff and the, mm-hmm. the threading comes apart. I'm a, I, I can never find a belt I like. So you can see my stack of belts I've tried. <laughs> I've tried them all. Wow. Got, probably got a Guga. You got a CR speed, probably got a double I, alpha. Yep. Double alpha is the best traditional belt for sure. Yeah. What do you think about the Lynx belt? I would not trust that thing. Yeah. Nah, it just seems too chintzy to me. One of my friends got one. I don't know. I mean, for traveling, it's a cool idea. And who knows? They might be awesome. Because yeah, that's the most pain in the butt when you travel, getting your belt in there they're so stiff yeah i, I mean say, i I will, I will let somebody else test it out for me before i buy one I'll just exactly one. yeah let somebody someone you know who smashes on gear well i think jared fox might have gotten one so if it can deal with sasquatch yeah if anybody's gonna break it it'll be that guy yeah or he'll break in the weirdest spot too be like <laughs> be like i broke it in the middle of a link not even like at the weak spot <laughs> definitely a cool theory though so i mean if it works that that's gonna be awesome i might yeah. pick one up that is true. Now, Matt, why why did you leave production? Why did I leave production? Because everybody else left production. So I'm super competitive. And we had Matt Owen traction production around me, and he's a very good GM. And my whole goal was to beat him. Well, he left production before I got as good as him. So then I chased. And then Emirates started shooting carry optics. Duda was shooting carry optics. And I was like, okay, all the, all the good dudes that are killing it are shooting carry optics. So I bought a used carry optics SP01. And been shooting ever since. Yeah, that's probably what right about when the Shadow Twos launched and got really big. So no, got was, a good deal. Shadow Twos were launched when I started. Okay. I start. I started late 2018. Okay. <clears throat> Do you have I had a, I had SP1 before I shot USPSA, just the like the regular like, tactical model. Oh, okay. But now I had now I had, now I shoot SP1 Shadows because they're just easier to work on. Yeah. Now, you, you replace all your uh, trigger return springs like right away, don't you? <laughs> I've never broken a trigger return spring. What? And, nope. <laughs> That's like I the sh- first thing everyone breaks on a CZ. <laughs> I, I run the Cajun ones, and I've never broken one. And this is my dry fire frame. Mm-hmm. So this this frame I just dry fire with, and then this is my practice local match slide I put on it. And that trigger return spring still works. Magwell's seen better days. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's worn but, uh, in. It's 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 uh, pre-funneled for you. It's pretty crusty. Yeah. The only thing I I broke on CZs is um, the optics plate, but that's not the gun. That's the aftermarket slide stops. I've broken two of those now. Yeah. But you know, you got to stay up when you shoot CZs. You got to stay up on your maintenance. If not, they'll come back to bite you. Yeah, it's kind of why I shoot Glocks. I'm just lazy. <sighs> if I did it all over again, I'd be shooting Glocks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Glock fan too. They're just so easy, and I mean, I mean, you... well, they're awesome. Well, you, shit, you break one, you go find one at the local gun store pretty much and be like, all right. Yeah, and that's the thing. They don't really break much. 
know. There's probably a hundred less parts in a Glock than there's a CC. Yeah. That is definitely probably the, true. The Gen the Gen fives are awesome. Mm-hmm. I have two Gen fives. I I, yeah, I, I I had some Gen fours, and then I'm like, nope, I got to get rid of these things. Last year, I sent my guns out to get some work done on them, and uh, I borrowed a Gen five Glock, and I was like, this thing, I could shoot this thing. This thing's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they the Glock did good on that one. Yeah. Now, Matt, what kind of what are your current goals for uh, shooting? Shooting? I want top ten at Nats. I've hit all my other goals, so that's like the last thing. So I'm pushing hard for that. Mm-hmm. And that's the good thing about this sport, right? You can always set new goals. There's always something you can push for. Right, yeah. You can be top 10 at Nats, be top 5, you know, win Nats, get, go to the world shoot. I mean, win the world shoot. Yeah. I mean, I doubt I'll ever shoot this big, but maybe one day. Maybe. That's that's another thing. Like, why is our carry optics so different from theirs? It's just a pain. It really is. I mean, whenever I know there's always the I know you probably hear it on the internet to align more with Ipsic, yet we keep changing things to not align with Ipsic. I mean, unfortunately, it was too far gone now. Unless they just roll back the rules, which I'd be okay with if mm-hmm. we just made our rules way more closer to theirs. I mean, because they have magnets in theirs. Yeah. They, uh, it does have to be behind the hip bone, which is no big, honestly, no big easy super fix. deal. We were, we were all reloading like that before. Yeah, I mean, all I did when that rule changed is I put a magnet in uh, all my belt and I moved my back pouch in front of my front one. That's all I did. Yeah, so maybe it's like at 10, 1030. Yeah, it's just a little bit natural, more natural when you bring your hand down. Yeah. But, I mean, most guys didn't even move every, anything. Yeah, some of the guys yeah. I knew, they they played with like you did, moved the back pouch to the front. and then. Yeah, I do like that a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I'll move it back. Yeah, it's not like it's the super, yeah. That, the only problem is they've made all these rules and all these dudes spent all these money getting their guns heavy and it's just sports not cheap, you know. So no. that's that's just that'd be the crappy part. Right. I was I was on the Ben. I, I I don't know. I look. I go to the Ben Steger Pro Shop like once a day just to see. I, I've looked at every page and every item on that website, so I don't know why I keep doing it. But <laughs> if you buy a complete rig, it's like four hundred dollars for just a complete rig. Oh yeah. And that's not even with a good holster. Yeah, that's what. Blade Tech. <laughs> yeah. Blade Tech will do the job. Yeah. It definitely won't last more than a season, that's for sure. I've never used one, but they seem fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, top 10 at Nationals. I think it's very doable for you. How do you feel yeah. about the Super Squad not being the Super Squad this year? I mean, that's bound to happen, right? With everybody leaving production. I mean, look at the heat in carry optics this year. It's insane. How many national champions are there? At least a handful or two handfuls. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You got this nationals going to be wild. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the most stacked nationals that I've seen in the little bit of time I'm doing this. Yeah. I keep seeing people withdraw from Nats, which I'm surprised, but it's. A, it's oh, really? Yeah. Um, Jason Bradley withdrew from Nats. So he did? Why? Uh, he, I don't know. He, his post said he needed a break. Well, that sucks. Yeah, for the guy who came in second at Nats last, last year. He might have. Uh, the cheapest gun I think you could. He was shooting that Canic. That's another thing. Guns don't matter, man. Yeah. People people like Nils and him have proved that time again. Yeah, that is true. Nils is <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of good dudes shooting Canics now. Well, yeah, like, what was it, uh? 
that Tom Castro, he runs that thing like an open gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is shooting mechanics. Yeah. He is. Now, what kind of keeps motivating you to keep shooting and keep getting better? I just love the sport of USPSA. And then when I get there, I'm super competitive. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I just always want to get better. So, like, when I made GM, I was like, oh, I'm on top of the world. Nope, you still suck. Mm-hmm. There's And Jeff Emmerich was still whooping me. So, I, luckily, there's a lot of good heat around here. I shoot against Jeff and Luke Cow all the time. So, we're always pushing each other. And it just makes it extremely fun. And then now all my teammates, they're all shooting carry optics. Chris Sandelsky, he's a production and revolver GM. And he's, like, flown under the radar for so long. He's so good. He, uh, he beat me this weekend. Shooting Revo, right? No. <laughs> shooting carry <laughs> optics. He, he, he beat me in a stage one time shooting revolver, and I, I uh, didn't hear about that one. I heard Is about it because you zeroed the time. stage? No. No, I shot it okay. He just crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little speed shoot. I heard about that one for a while. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm, yeah. I, I love competition. I love being competitive, and I love, compete. You know, trying to beat my friends. It's quite fun. It can, can oh, that's what it. that's what makes local so much fun. We'll like bet beers on stages and stuff. It just makes it a good time. Yeah. Do, do you mostly win the beers? We've all won beers off yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. I won one this weekend. There you go. That is pretty dope. Now. uh have you, or did you have like an athletic background, like growing up or whatnot? I played football and baseball in, you know, middle school and high school, but I was never like really good at anything. Mm-hmm. But I've been, I've been, I love guns. I love, yeah. I've been a gun nut my whole life. And now that I shoot USPSA, I've actually sold almost all my guns. So I just have what I hunt with and have what I shoot competition with. And that's pretty much it. And yeah. I just sold all of them. I sold all of them to buy press components and, yeah, I mean, I'm so in, I'm in the USPSA so much. I bought a car just for USPSA so I can get 40 miles to gallon on the highway and go shoot a match. Okay, so I'm not crazy because like <laughs> I have, you know, I've got my Ram 1500 that I got a steal on. By the way, is a 2011. I bought it for three grand with 116 thousand on it. But I want I need a little shit mobile so I can go to matches that are two hours away and not cost me a whole tank of gas. Yeah, I, that's why I got I bought a Civic. And that thing gets 40 feet a gallon. It drives itself on the highway. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's got plenty of room for all your shit. Eh, gets a little tight with two people. <laughs> got to fold yeah. the seats down. It's a, it's a coupe. Stick that, oh, okay. There you go. But do you do you take a cart or you just take like a backpack? Or a I take a cart. Bag? Yeah. That's I might. I'm shooting a major this weekend. I might take my backpack just to see what it's like for Nats. Because mm-hmm. you're flying down to Nats. Yeah. It's still it's too far. I don't have enough vacation time. Yeah. I prefer to drive. I just like having all my stuff with me. But yeah, I, I don't like flying anymore. I've flown enough. Yeah. Especially yeah. with your prior occupation, right? Yeah. I mean, I flew all over the damn place. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know. I, I'm planning to fly to Nats next year, but we'll see. Is, I mean, did, have, they, have they said where it's going to be next year again? Uh, that'll, it'll probably be revealed after Nats, unfortunately. So. It's, it's kind of tentatively on the calendar whenever, like, I told the wife, it's like, all right, there's this thing called nationals. This is happening at some point. You are uh, the calendar now. <laughs> it's on the calendar. Well, I told her she's got to become a USPSA member, BSI, uh, become an RO, so then we can both work nationals. <laughs> I'm, I need to get my RO, sir. I want to start working some matches next year. That's, that's, I'm kind of tight on the funds, and 
the match fees are really kill me you know just be able to i mean you already pay for the ammo and stuff and it's sitting around and it's like 200 bucks for a match shit yeah and hotel and gas and because mm-hmm. most majors like they give you the hotel didn't they yeah if you work yeah most of the majors yeah, yeah. so i mean that's then you get to meet everybody on our own which is cool yeah well and it's really cool when you talk to people online like you know on instagram and then you finally meet them in a match it's like hey it's you i know you we've been talking for six months i have mad respect for the dudes that ro like every, every mid you go to there's ro's they're always there they're awesome you know mm-hmm. well especially especially in your area that that big conglomerate of states that yeah it's every major you go to is the same ro's so now is, are they all the same ro's on the same squads together <laughs> it seems to be that way most of them stick, to, stick together that's pretty cool which is good because they know how to work each other's work so yeah now you said I can't remember if we talked this pre-show or on the show, but you said most of your training is in dry fire. Yeah, I'd say 90% of it. Yeah. I've live fired more this year than I have in the past just because I have bigger goals this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've made all my gains in dry fire. Now, do you, do you live by the Andersonian like speed mode, match mode? And, uh... Yeah, I, I don't follow him all the way but i def- definitely speed mode and match mode is something i've taken out of his book yeah i don't do it like a, a focus phrase like he says but speed mode and match mode is, is huge i think i mm-hmm. i like to use them yeah and so that's I- that's something that's so like i did i made gm off of his book uh, refinement repetition but then all the gms are still beating me so i have not dry fired standing still in a year and a half two years Mm-hmm. I just, all my dry fires, I, I'll set up little like mini stages and pick a raise, and I just shoot it all on the move. That's all I ever do anymore. And when I started doing that, my scores just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So if someone's hit a wall, that's something I would recommend doing: switching up your dry fire, seeing what works. Yeah, I used to for a while. I was doing like all these raises on the move and just run around the basement like a. I swear to God, if, my, if there was a camera down in my basement watching me what I'm doing, my wife would be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's another thing, because I, I shot production, and I, I was really close to GM, like right around that 90, 93%. But when I started dry farming with a dot, mm-hmm. you, the dot tells you everything you do wrong. Oh, yeah. So, okay. you know, I was I had noticed stuff with the dot that I had no idea I was doing with iron sights, and it's it just made me such a better shooter shooting the dot. Mm-hmm. And then when I, I went this winter, I was like, I'm going to go try to make GM production. And I went and shot a classifier match, dry fired my production on for like a week, made GM. Because I'm just a better shooter from shooting the dot. It teaches you all your flaws. Mm-hmm. So if there's a production guy out there that's struggling, you know, off season's coming up, shoot a dot gun. Yep. Probably learn a lot. I could agree. Target, now, it taught me how to sh- sh- truly shoot target focused. Yeah, and and you just have to be faster in CO. It's just like a yeah. Human fact, you just have to be faster. Well, there's different types of carry optic shooters. There's the real fast guys that drop some points, and then there's the guys that like all the production guys that come over. They're just shooting all the office. Like, look at Heatherington. Mm-hmm. He doesn't shoot everything on the move. And that dude is killing it because yeah. he's so consistent and so accurate. So I mean, he just started shooting a dot a few months ago, and he's gonna be top three at Nats, top five at Nats. I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, he is a he's a production national champ, so I'd right. hope, exactly. hope he's in the mix. But I mean, he he said he's still learning the dot, and look what he's doing. It's crazy because mm-hmm. he just won area four this weekend. No, well, wait, in carry optics. 
Yeah, I believe so. Yes, it was Area Four this weekend, right? And yeah. so now he's a GM finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think Jeff Cloth in one production. So, yeah, he's very good for the guy who's got like the nonchalant attitude of like, oh, I'll practice a little bit. <laughs> I think he practiced more than he says. Yeah, it's funny listening to him and Sasquatch go back and forth. Oh, the, that podcast is great. That's like one of my new favorite podcasts. Yeah, I don't know why Bradley's not on there anymore. He was a good addition, but. Yeah, I like the Hit Factor podcast. I was listening to them today. Yeah, those guys, those guys are awesome. I only really like I've met Sasquatch a few times, and I've messaged him. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, for big the yeah. big gruff exterior that he has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, um, like when you pre- when you're preparing for a major match, do you change anything up really, or just do what you've been doing? Nope. I I do the same thing all year long. Like I said, I'll. When a major's coming up, I'll live fire a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Instead of not live firing at all, I'll live fire once or twice a week, two yeah. weeks out. So. Yeah, and I notice you take third person and POV film. Do you analyze that? Do you sit down and watch that film over and over again? I'll watch my match videos like a hundred times, see where I'm messing up. Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot from what, like, when I was trying to learn how to shoot on the move, I would watch all the top guys like JJ, Christian, Stoger, because mm-hmm. what somebody does might not work for you. So I take bits and pieces of what people do and I'll try them. I'm like, oh yeah, that works for me. Or oh, this doesn't. Yeah. So film is huge in the sport. You can learn so much. Yeah, it's not just for the gram like everyone thinks it is. <laughs> no, you, you can break down so much and from other people's films. So like if there's a really good guy that you're trying to beat, film him too mm-hmm. and watch what he's doing different than you. You can learn so much. Yeah, I got this tip. I put up my last match. I put a sky cam up. They're awesome. Yeah, one of my friends has one of them. He puts a GoPro up on the rod. And yeah, it's pretty sweet. Oh yeah, he puts it up on his like a Zuka cart and he just yeah, he has it on his cart and he just puts it up. Yep, that's what you I do. All the footwork that way. Yeah, and it and if you really want to be able to, you know, they just got to leave it up there for like the whole squad. Right, and then you compare everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep, I like that. I'm just. Last tonight, I was before this. I was uh, getting my hat cam ready. I just bought a hat cam on somebody's recommendation, but I needed to drill a hole through the hat. And I love this hat, but it's like son of a bitch. I'm wearing this hat to matches, but I'm gonna fuck it up anyway. This is my stinky match hat with all the sweat stains. I just took a GoPro mount, drilled through it, and zip tied it onto the brim. That's what all my match videos off of. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm working drill. on that. Like just drilling the hole through this. It's a not. I I wear a notch gear hat with the cutouts for your glasses. Yeah, I need to get one of them because if, if I don't have this just right, it will push down on my glasses and it gives me headaches from pushing in. Mm-hmm. So I need to get one of those. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. And I was like, this is a $30 hat. I'm actually drilling through this whole hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that hat wasn't cheap because we had those made. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think the camera footage is pretty good too. Yeah, I, I like the GoPros just because the, the quality is so good. Mm-hmm. But they are heavy. That's why I have the little one. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So you need you need a good hat. Mm-hmm. You don't you, flat fix is a no go. You need something with some snaps on it. Yeah. True that. And take it off in between stages so you're not walking around with that big old hat on your head all day. Yeah, true that. Now, are you a over the ear guy, in the ear guy for ear? Pro? In the ear guy for sure. I can't hear anyway because I've been working on jet engines my whole life, but uh, I'm I'm in the ear. Is that what you did in the service? Yeah, F-18 mechanic. Okay. 
because things are loud. Um, now, now, if you do in the ear, you need the the really good molded ones because mm -hmm. the they're awesome. I think I use Prime Ear. Yeah, are those, made major. are those electronic or are those? No, I don't like. I don't want an electronic because when I like getting the zone when I shoot. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear anything other than if the RO yells stop. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing about those. Luckily, to, speaking today, we had a. Uh, we, I'm part of a safety committee at my employer, and we had a meeting today. And I'm like, we need to. They do audiograms every year for everybody. So I'm like, how about we get someone to mold some, you know, some special ear pro for everybody? We might actually save some money that way because we're wasting yeah. money on those stupid disposables. Yeah, because you're going through, you know, so many a day. Mm -hmm. Here well, is huge, so I I don't play games with that stuff anymore because once you lose it, it doesn't come back. And I have tonight is so bad at night. All I hear is me. So every time an open guy shoots, I'm like, does somebody else want to RO this guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mike's for, right? Here, Mike, take the timer. <laughs> yeah, if, if I shot open, I, I would double up for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like, I've had some pretty good luck with these uh, in ear electronic Peltors I've had. They're not bad. They're for only like 170 bucks. I think I got them on recommendation from Panda, but uh, they work pretty well. But yeah, I'm looking at getting some prime ears or some molded, uh, custom molded for sure. I keep a I keep a kit, uh, pair of electronic ear pro in my bag, and if like I'm in a squad full of open dudes, I'll, I'll throw those on when I'm ROing them, just because those things give me a headache. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. Now, ooh. oh yeah, let's. I know pre-show we talked about this a little bit about uh, what we could kind of do to change the organization or make the sport a little bit better. Do you have any? Uh, I know you have opinions on this, but do you want to share one? To make the sport better yeah we got to give the power back to the board instead of the president mm -hmm. because the the board the board members should make all the rule changes not the president is i just feel i mean i just all these rule changes that got jammed down our throat in the last three years we know what they were for they were stuff full his pocket because he made a commission off participation mm -hmm. so of course he wanted to lax the rules up so anybody could shoot it's just if you can't see that you're blind correct but uh, USPSA, no matter who gets in, I, I feel like big changes are coming because they've already made some good ones. You, they lowered the salary, mm -hmm. and they they reversed that rule. So I, I think I think we're on the right track. I would agree. So I think uh, that the the board's going on the right direction. You know, they're putting in a CEO and having a president. You know, they're restructuring a little bit, and hopefully things will get better. And and all in all, I I, I, I mean I. I don't think there's any way they're going to get worse. I think I think I think we're in good times coming up. I'm yeah. excited to see what happens. Yeah. But one one thing we got to do is we got to help out the local the local clubs better, mm -hmm. and help set up new ones because, like you said, matches are filling so fast. We don't need more participation. We need the quality of the sport itself to go up. We have enough members. Mm -hmm. What was it like? Thirty five and growing. Yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah. Now, I agree. We need more support for our clubs. Like, because there's one club locally to me. My buddy was the match director this year. He took over, but unfortunately, the local board of that club wouldn't wouldn't uh, put any money towards the practical shooting uh, division. And you get that a lot in the in the clubs. You know, most clubs are still very fuddy on their boards, mm -hmm. and all they care about is trap and skeet. So, I mean, that's that, there's nothing you can do about that, unfortunately. That's at the club itself level. The USPSA can't do anything there. No, but if they were, if 
if they were able if uspsa was able to provide you know say steel at a discounted rate or that rent to own programs or rent something. to own, rent to own would be huge you know mm-hmm. that would help out so many local clubs starting up because that's the biggest investment because when i got out my local club started uspsa match and the amount of money we put in with steel and walls and wood and targets just to start up was it was so much money mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy like all they and all they wanted was like i think the match director really wanted like a thousand bucks to add some new swingers because they had some homemade janky swingers that somebody had made but the problem was they left them out in the rain and the snow yeah and then and the, they, they just die and then you're like then you get these geriatric swingers that are like are consistent mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it'd be nice i i would like to see more clubs especially since my i don't know what's your closest club to you uh time-wise five minutes down the road oh, that's where right. that's where i practice and that's where uh we should let's have a local there but it's in jersey unfortunately so 10 rounds yeah but, but shit, you can still slay with a 10 round plan yeah i tr- i haven't been shooting too many uh communist carry optics matches lately just because it's a different mindset mindset shooting low cap mm-hmm. you can't flow your positions as good you gotta be more focused on 10 round arrays and so I, I've been staying away from that because I'm really getting ready for nets. But I normally shoot a bunch of them, which is, I mean, I love low cap carry optics, but I've been staying away from it in the last couple of months. And I honestly, I know we don't need to put more divisions in, but I would love a temper, like a, uh, a provisional division for low cap carry optics. I would, I mean, I mean, I don't live in a communist state or want to go to one, but. I think yeah. it'd, it'd be it'd be make it make better stage planners out of the high cap guys if they had to plan low cap wise. Cause I like when I yeah, talk to production shooters, I don't even think how they're thinking at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different mindset. And that's why you see so many production shooters coming over to carry optics right now and crushing it. Mm-hmm. You know? Because they're very positional. They have to have these good positions and and they really know how to memorize their stage plan. Mm-hmm. How many like open dudes are just like, all right, put the mag in, let's go. I mean, obviously, no high level guy does that, but yeah, I talk about it at a local level. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, I mean, I'd like to see more clubs. Uh, I, the closest one I have is an hour, and then after that, it's like a two hour drive. I got a bunch within an hour, and I have a bunch within two hours. I mean, I'm very blessed to be in the area I am to shoot as many matches as I can. Yeah, and high quality matches. The locals here are great. So many good matches here, and so many good shooters. It's it's really incredible. Yeah, it is, and I, because like we, we were talking about, you don't need more members in the club. You don't need more shooters at a match. You need more matches for shooters. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something I think the board needs to look into. Is like you said, maybe setting up, getting like a steel sponsor and setting up a rent to own, mm-hmm. and then. Teaching these new uh, match directors are trying to come out. We have a new club in Maryland that's trying to open up my soul and helping them set up everything. Because when we set up that Quinton club, they came down and they watched us shoot the first draft. Like, yep, you're good. Never heard from them again. Hmm. I mean, I get the area directors are are uh, stretched thin, but still. Yeah. Now, what I just thought about this. What would you think about having more areas instead of having eight areas? We have. 12 or 15 areas. Well, 
I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I'm for or against it. I mean, I guess it'll make more sense because, like you said, we're so big now. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, say, we'll take Area 5, for example. It's Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois. That's a bunch of huge states turned together. It is. Yeah, that's, kind of, that's kind of ridiculous. But you think about it, the demographic in Kentucky is way different than the demographic in Wisconsin. So it's, or even in Michigan, or even like the Midwest, the Midwest, like in area three, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, not a lot of members, but it's a big area for Matt Hopkins to now travel. And yeah, yeah, it's kind of, maybe, maybe we shouldn't, you know, maybe 10 areas or something. Right. Just, and find, you know, not try to take power away from area directors or whatnot and you know, lose power, but, you know, make their job a little bit easier. I mean, it is, they are volunteering their time. So. The, only, the only problem you would run in there is uh, getting the extra area matches set up because there's already so many majors and, you know, mm-hmm. they don't want to con- contraflict each other's schedules. And... Yeah, that'd be true. Yeah, we would. But about area two's after nationals this year. Yeah, I saw and, that. And it's even more expensive than nationals. Well, some nationals are better or some area matches are better than nationals. Well, <laughs> right? I, yeah, that's, that's true. Low cap looked like a shit show this year, so hopefully, uh, literally, optics and open <laughs> looks better. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know why they did that. Why did they have production nationals? It's like you—you you can tell they really don't care about the low cap divisions anymore. That right. I, I don't know if you caught this, but Tim Heron did a live stream on Instagram Monday, I think, but he was talking about combining production limited ten and single stack. And one consolidated low cap division. I'm not against it. Major, minor, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And he was like, major, eight rounds only. Minor, ten rounds only. And then, I don't know if you you could add maybe a Magwell D production gun or whatnot, or it's a double stack. So I really, if it's a double stack, I don't think you should need a Magwell. But yeah, I think I uh, Kenny Platt tried doing that on the Bang and Bats Bang and Brass podcast, but he couldn't get his words out for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> Bill. Bill. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not opposed to that idea because I live in New Jersey. I live in the most communist gun law state there is. California's they are more lax than us. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. all, the, all the guys that shoot limited 10, we're, 99.9% of them are only shooting limited 10 when they're in Jersey. When they go out of state, they somehow find big magazines and shoot limited. Right. And if anybody really wants to shoot low cap, just go shoot production. Limited 10 is the dumbest division ever. Why isn't there open 10? It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, and we have a rule just, for states like yours for 10 round, you know. It's just um, from the old days of USPSA, it hasn't been killed yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should kill Revolver because there's a little cult of Revolver shooters. Mm-hmm. That, that's all they do. Keep Revolver. But limited 10 is stupid. Yeah. I could agree. But um, we were talking a little bit prior to the show, but what, what's your thoughts on Popper Cal? I, I want to hear what you got to think about Popper Calibration. So... If we paint the steel and there's a hit in the calibration zone, why are we shooting that again if there's chrono at a major match? And I heard the argument of in what if they don't make chrono? Well, if they don't make chrono, they're screwed anyway. Right. They, they shoot for either minor or no score. So I, I think what should be up to the RO's discretion, if they get a hit in the calibrated zone, you give them a hit. And if it's an activator, reshoot. And that's on the RO to be watching. You mm-hmm. know, If they see somebody shoot, shoot in the calibration zone and it doesn't go down stop the shooter yeah that's just like 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 the knockdown plates 
and the rule is they're uncalibratable. So if they get shot and not fall down, that's automatic reshoot. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of ROs that don't know the rules. Yeah, you see that a lot. Yeah, but that, that's 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 my two cents on it. I think that's simple and easy. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, because especially even if, especially if it's an activator or yeah, especially since it is an activator. Honestly, just give him a reshoot. Like look what happened or... to JJ this year. That was complete BS. He made Chrono, hit a popper dead square, and, and got screwed. Yeah, I mean that's that's an example everybody knows about. And if that was the rule, that was an easy fix. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I think it's simple and not overly complicated. But who knows what they're going to do. I, you said they just changed the rules today? Yeah, they came out with something that's really more con- – it's like the same – you ever seen the meme? It's like, it's same but different. You know that guy? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. It, it pretty much just made it a muddy mess, to be honest with you. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. I haven't been on my phone yet today, so I didn't see if anything came out. Yeah, it's but hopefully it's better. You know, I mean, it's hard to get worse because yeah. proper calibration is a joke. I remember last area eight, we had so many problems with the steel and just so many people getting screwed. I was like, this is this is ridiculous. Right. And at what point is it worth? Honestly, at what point don't do we just need to throw out that stage if we've been having that many issues with with poppers and activators? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, at major matches, they don't like throwing out stages because that messes up match flow real bad but mm-hmm. it something's got i i think we'll we'll figure something out that makes more sense hopefully mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I, that's my idea but I'm, i mean i'm not sold on anything i've heard a bunch of different ideas come out yeah i mean it can't get much worse i mean we can we can make it better that's i'll say that it'll be yeah better. definitely definitely room for improvement mm-hmm. yeah and you we were talking about changing the weight or something back to um, production carry optics i don't I agree with you. I don't think we need 59 ounce guns. And the, I mean, they've gutted production. Mm-hmm. I, Tim, Tim Heron was talking about the other day. We could roll the rules back if we really wanted to, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. Because mm-hmm. make, yeah, production is so dead. I think it's too far gone at this point. Everybody switched to carry optics. Yeah. Or they're just shooting limited minor. Yeah. I mean, look at the numbers of carry optics at majors this year. I mean, they're, it's the most dominant division by almost double in most majors. Yeah. Which is sad around here for us, even though carry optics is the biggest division, we have like one GM locally. So, oh, like, yeah. So no, no match bumps for nobody. Yeah. Well, every major I've shot this year, there's been three GMs or more. Yeah. That's, carry that's optics. Nice. Other, I shot a few majors in New York that weren't that, that didn't have it, but that's nobody wants to come shoot. A major in a low cap state, so it's all just local guys. Yeah. Do so. You shot that Stanton Island match, then. I did. What'd you think about that when it was on two different ranges? I mean, they they made it work. I, I think yeah, I won that one overall. It was a good match. It was fun mm-hmm. shooting some commie optics. These dudes were there's a uh, good people up there in the New York. There's a there's a big USPSA community in New York. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Lipsa? It's right in Long Island. There's a huge rain in Long Island. That's awesome. The yeah, only I problem th- is it's in New York. Yeah, I think that's where. Uh, I think that's where Rob Epifani. That's Rob. Yeah, that's Rob's home range. I've run out there and trained with him. Rob's awesome. Yeah. Only problem, yeah. it's just a hike. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Well, well, you're in Jersey, so I mean, it's, it's a hike. I'm it's South Jersey, so yeah. I gotta go all the way through my state to get to him. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I've I've went up there and I've shot with him before, and I've shot some locals up there. That's an awesome facility. They could really hold area eight but problem is new york yeah new york 
good people run that match. All the uh, Team Infidel guys up there are awesome. Yeah, love you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I listened to the. I think the two of the guys who ran that match were on Brian uh, Conley's podcast. Uh, do you know uh, Bruno? He shoots open for Infinity. I think I've I've heard of them. Yes, that's his local range too. Oh okay, that's right. Oh yep, that's right. I like I like some of the the team some of the team Infinity members I've met have been pretty cool. Like they're all all really nice. All like I met Papa Joe and uh, I met Hyder in person. Uh, Hyder's awesome. That dude shreds. Yeah, you'd think from like pictures online and whatnot, uh, you'd think with his really big beard he'd be a lot bigger and taller. He's a little guy. He's a little guy <laughs> with skinny legs. Yeah, moves man. I think him and Siler have got to be like the same height and the same size. Siler, you know, you see him online. That kid's built like he's a stocky little kid, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Tim Heron. Tim Heron can move too, though. Yeah, but he's a midget. <laughs> no, nah, I love Tim. Yeah, I've taken Christian, two classes with Tim. I love Tim. Christian's incredible. Do you think he, he, that kid gets better so much better every major match? He's twice the shooter he was when he won his first national. I don't, I don't see anybody beating him anytime soon. Do you think he can beat Grafell? Yeah. Okay. I think you're the first person who said that. So. Everyone says that the, the goat can't be beaten. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if we have a world shoot anytime soon. I think, uh, you know, like I said, the, the game's a little bit different, but I think if he came to a USPSA Nationals, he'd uh, be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see that next year. Because uh, typically, from what I hear, is he comes to the States for the, the year of the world shoot and trains up. I don't think it'd be a whooping, but I th- I. I you look at what Christian's doing. The kid gets better every major he shoots. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to watch. Like, yeah, he just back to back area four and uh, Georgia State. The amount of points he's shooting with his time is just it's insane. Mm-hmm. You watch his first person video; it it doesn't look real. Yeah, it's it, it is unreal. It's. I'm a fan. <laughs> I love watching him shoot, man. Yeah, I've seen his videos. I. I've never interacted with him, so I mean, maybe that's one of those goals is to get that uh, the champ on. So we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> It'd be pretty cool. He's he's yeah, he, uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it, it speaks to his work ethic since he's still in college and uh, doing internships. And he's whatnot. so young, mm-hmm. he's so young. He's just what just turned twenty one this year or something. Yeah, he can finally uh, legally own a gun, right? <laughs> yeah, he can finally own his guns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he'll be a reckon to come with. He'll be like uh, for a long time coming too. But like you said, he he came out of nowhere. Somebody else is gonna come out of nowhere. That's why we might be surprised at Nat. Somebody might come out of the woodwork and whoop on everybody in carry optics. Would not shock me with the amount of heat is in carry optics. I dude, I would have loved to have seen Jay go head to head versus you know on the same squad as Max. That that would have been cool, but you know. That's the other thing. Max has been so dominant. You know he's watching all these dudes coming up and all these dudes that are switching over. It's just going to make him work even harder. So who knows? Max might come out and just whoop everybody by even more. Well, and he was playing him for a world shoot this year too, so you never know. Right. But uh, then they pulled the plug on that, unfortunately, for this year. But but it's you, you, never, you always notice Max never posts any uh, match videos. Nope. I mean, he probably posts them up for his Train with Max Patreon program, but... Yeah, that's the only way you get in, get into what 
he has going on is pay for it, which good on him. I mean, yeah. I mean, he is he is the champion for a reason, so he's doing something right. Maybe it's because we all need to shoot SIGs. Maybe it's that <laughs> communism thing of, hey, if you want to be good, you better shoot a SIG. Buy a SIG. Buy a Legion. I'm not a big SIG fan. <laughs> no, ne- I mean, neither am I. I had a weird dream last night that I bought a SIG and I was shooting a SIG, and then I woke up and, like, I didn't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I only lo- gun, if I switched from a Glock, I'd be shooting that new P10C, that P10F. I think about picking one of them up too. That thing looks very sweet. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going back to a plastic gun playing around. Oh yeah. The, then they got that stone stone bridge customs or stone stone. I keep botching the name, but it's that brass backstrap for this P10F. It's mm-hmm. super, That's a lot of yeah. It's, it's grippy and weight. And I played Ever- with a buddy who has a regular P10F threaded barrel and he had that on there. Oh, it felt so good. So what, have... what I've what I've noticed with the heavier guns, like when I put brass grips on my gun, mm-hmm. when my grip's locked in, I didn't really notice a difference. But if you like mess up a little bit, you get a little bit lazy with your grip, that's where the weight comes in to help you. Mm-hmm. Like I can shoot a Glock just as flat as my CZ, but if I get lazy with my grip, the Glock, you know, wants to jump more. That's where that's where a heavy gun comes in. They're just easier. Yeah. But when you're when you're uh when you're locked in there, it doesn't really make a difference. It was funny. I went to a major, ma- my, my major match I went to this year because I've had to cancel a couple of them, you know, ammo and family life. But uh, the guy's like, I don't even know why I'm weighing your gun. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no point. There's no point. <laughs> even my gun was, even my gun with brass grips and the tungsten guy rod isn't even close. Yeah. But now you got the AO1D, that freaking boat anchor. Is that, that thing's got to be pushing uh, legality on its base form, isn't it? Yeah, they're so heavy. That's just a big old hunk of steel, man. The dust cover on that thing is like three times thicker than my gun. I would like to shoot one of them, but they're that's open gun money, man. Yeah. If I'm spending that much money, I'm getting an open gun. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. The goal is eventually to go open, but I got to be a baller first and carry optics where I can do that shit. Yeah, you can get SP1 shadows now because everybody wants to shadow twos. You can get them if you look hard enough for like 800 bucks. Oh, damn. That's not bad at all. Yeah, but then $300 <laughs> worth of Cajun parts and getting them cut. Then they're just expensive as Shadow too. I don't know. I've got a buddy who's going to go. I'm trying to. Get, he might be able to sell me his Shadow 2s. He's got two Shadow 2s right now. He's he's going to Limited. He's got. He, he's a lucky bastard. You want a Chili Custom Gunworks gun on a raffle for 20 bucks. Oh, Chili's are sweet. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind getting one of those. <laughs> yeah. So he won that Limited gun. Then he's. Uh, I think he's fine. He's locating a backup gun so he can go to Limited. Nice. He was trying. He was thinking about going to carry optics, but it's like I don't know, man. I'm just like, do it or or don't do it. Quit quit wishy washing with me. Carry optics is where it's at now because there's so much heat, mm-hmm. and that's where all the participation is. I mean, yeah, they're more bigger than PCC, open everything. I don't know. I was thinking now. I would suck. It would suck to shoot in New Jersey or New York shooting PCC. That's kind of like, look at me. I got my MBX mag, guy. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a local PCC GM, uh, Mike Seifer, and he reloads that thing like a pistol, man. Yeah. Yeah. Is he shooting like a Glock pattern or is he shooting like a he's a he shot an MPX and then obviously MPX did MPX things and just quit working and he shoots some type of uh Glock mag pattern. Not AR now. Yeah. I think that's I think it'll be nice to see the equipment survey this year and see what everyone's shooting because I've never looked at the PCC equipment survey. Yeah, I just don't care about PCC. I respect their skill. Like that Williams girl, that girl shreds. Yeah, she'll, she'll be fighting uh, Leah Grandis this year. For sure. I think she's gonna give him give him a run for the money, man. She I saw her shoot at Area Eight, and it was uh, it was pretty cool to watch. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, she's just like Siler, kind of came out of nowhere, really. I mean, she's yeah, a junior she... who gets to spend all her time doing this, which is awesome. Yeah, she she runs that PCC man. Especially being a Colt, it's it's a weird mag pattern. <laughs> yeah, doing the seventy five day hard challenge. I saw you been posting that. It's two out two workouts a day, a gallon of water a day, um, follow a diet, and read ten pages and take progress pictures of yourself. Fuck, I piss like like I only got to drink four of these. God, <laughs> when you drink one, you oh, you're 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 taking at least a piss every hour. Uh, it's like piss every five minutes. Yeah, it's- I mean that's how I am. I start like when I'm shooting a major, I'll start hydrating like Wednesday. I'll start pounding the pounding the water, getting ready. And man, when I've had a major match, I shoot a stage, go take a piss. Shoot a stage, go take a piss. Because mm-hmm. if not, you, you just feel like crap and you get dehydrated and it's hard to come back out of it. Yeah, it's it really is. And like the Especially- match I'm shooting this weekend, there's no porta potties anywhere. <laughs> I don't have to piss like crazy. That's, that's what the woods is for. Well, the problem is we're squatting with ladies too, and it's like, damn it. Yeah. I wouldn't care if it was a bunch of dudes be like, yeah, hold on. I got, I'm going to go piss over here. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to relive the pissing day. At least we didn't piss on. Um, well, at least we weren't like Steiner the other day. <laughs> <laughs> now that was Hammer and Seer, wasn't it? He peed on his house. Well, he peed on the house, but Steiner took his headphone, left his phone, took his headphones, and then went and pissed, and you could hear it straight up. <laughs> Steiner's awesome, man. He's an awesome guy. I love Steiner. I've got everything on my presses from him. And what what type of press do you have? I have a 750. Yeah, I need to upgrade. Shit, I'd love to be. If I didn't buy a, if I had the extra money when I did when I bought my press, I would have bought an 1100 though. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna get next. I think an 1100. I I reload on a porn entity. Oh yeah. Hey, my my local GM buddy John Chinchen. He's he shoots on a a porn a porn entity. Yeah, I, it's a good press. Every like the the core press itself is fine, but the case feeder sucks. You got, and then the uh, the bullet, I, it's just pain. <laughs> yeah, I ha- there's so much stuff in my press that I've bought from Steiner and stuff that I made for myself that like make it work. Like I fabricated little like feeder shoots and everything, but I, I got to run it now. It just took a year of squibs and trouble and <laughs> yeah. But now, now, wow, it works great. I just I loaded a thousand rounds right before we hopped on here. Yeah, no, you got to. I mean, you're shipping all that thousand rounds down there to Florida, yep. well, Alabama. Yep. Yeah, that's that looks pretty good. The I looked at the matchbook. Um, at least the stage is only four doubled up, three or four doubled up bays, which don't seem too bad. I hate doubled up bays at majors, but this is what it is, right? At least it's not as at least it's not as many as I think low cap was, or maybe it might have been the same. So I see that yeah. Chrono is not in the vendor area this year. <laughs> it just, I just feel like that is that that facility seems to be a little bit too small for a nationals at. Yeah, right now nationals it's. Event. Yeah, it's. I mean, at Frostproof, there was a couple doubled up bays. Um, like I think there was three bays at Frostproof that were doubled up. I don't know why they have plenty of bays. It seems like. I've never been there, but that place is huge. Just from like looking at it on Google Maps. Yeah. That's the problem with nationals, like. To have a good event, there's only a handful of ranges across the country that can hold, hold it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you looked at Cameo at all in uh, Colorado? I've heard about it. That place sounds like they should probably have Nats there soon. They should. I was there was a video I think Nils posted up this weekend of they had to shoot they had to shoot stop all the shooting because there was a ram on the backdrop on the mount on the mountainside. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. It looks pretty gorgeous. I mean, out there in God's country. Mm-hmm. 
That's another problem, though, but it's out in the middle of nowhere, so is there going to be enough hotels to hold in that, enough restaurants? I don't know. I mean, Grand Junction, that's in Grand, yeah, it's a, Cameo's in Grand Junction, so they might be able to, or there's enough local air, uh, stuff around. That's the one gripe I heard about CMPs. There's nothing around it. Like, the restaurants suck. There's not that many hotels, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'll find out in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. You've got your hotel set up and everything. And Yep. I'm staying with uh, Lafayette GX products. Take Took Jay's room. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, you're hanging out. With, that's pretty dope. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Like, that, cool, that, that guy has taken care of me. I, uh, I pulled a complete fat ass move and fell off a prop at a major match this year and cracked my holster. He had me one out real quick. Where'd you, how'd you, where'd you crack on the holster? I, uh, I cracked it. I cracked it like right here where the mounting is. I mean, this holster took my 230 pound ass right on it, and mm-hmm. it just it finished the match with it, but it was cracked right here. Yeah, you didn't notice it, but then when I looked down, I was like, "Ooh, that's not good." I noticed you're using a Team Never Miss hanger. Do you like that more than the Boss hanger? This is the only one I've ever used. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I actually so this one I bought when I first started, and they were not. It was not team. This is not a team never miss. I bought this from off some dude on Facebook, and I'm imagine that's what team never miss is now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that thing's awesome. Just to, it's so tough. Yeah, it's so nice. It's rigid. Nothing can change on it. That's pretty dope. Yeah, so that'll be cool. I'm excited. I've got my holster ordered. I should have ordered yeah, it a long time. You're gonna ago. love it. I have a I have an orange one for the new holster. It's coming in. Should be oh, yeah. there. Anyway. There you go. Should just pick it up at Nationals, right? <laughs> I want to shoot it at Nationals. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll probably be yeah. done. It's It should be here tomorrow, hopefully. Oh, well, well wait. Mailman, redirect <laughs> that to my house. <laughs> wait, I can't use it because it it's not fitted for my gun. Damn it. I'll send you, I'll send you an SPO one up. I have enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> gun and holster. There you go. Oh. Now, is besides Nationals, is there anything else you're looking forward to? This year? Mm-hmm. VSA championship this weekend. Are you the defending champion? Or are you gonna? I, I am the defending champion. So you got that what? cool belt, right? I do. I got it right here. If I can get it off the wall, take it. I'll take it down there. Oh damn! Did you have it framed, or was it? Was yeah, it... I I got it framed because I couldn't put it anywhere. I mean, you could be like uh, 357 souls and just carry it, carry one around on your <laughs> shoulder. I'll take that one down with me if I win them both. I'll put them on both shoulders and walk out. There you go. <laughs> but Sal, Sal Loon is shooting it this year. He's shooting carry optics now. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a very high-level production guy. He's finished, like, top five a lot. Yeah. Because he, he won that production last year by, like, a landslide. That dude's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, now, anything looking forward to 2022? Or no, I haven't looked at, offs even? I haven't, haven't looked that far yet. I'll probably shoot Nats again. Mm-hmm. I'll still be in carry optics. I was thinking about switching open, but carry optics is where it's where, is where it's at. Well, and honestly, I mean, besides the guns shoot, being able to shoot major, I honestly don't think there's much of a difference with how carry optics is turned. So no, exactly. Like... And and if you look at the participation numbers, carry act, carry optics is a division to be in. So I'll stay there. Mm-hmm. I might get open gun for fun. I might buy uh, if I do. I'll get like a checkmate. So I'm used to it. Right, yeah, because it's the same grip angle, you know. You same probably... grip angle, and they're half the price of another open gun. So. Yeah, I know what Matthew Nash has been doing fairly well with one. Yeah, he just started shooting one. Mason Lane has one he plays with every once in a while. 
I thought that was Kay's gun that Mason stole. <laughs> that's, I think that's what happened, but yeah. Yeah. He shot that at Mid Atlantic this year. Yeah. Mason's cool, dude. He's on my he's on my list of people to train with. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. He is awesome guy. I've uh, I've talked to him at quite a few majors now because he shoots all the majors I shoot. Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. anyone you plan on taking? Do you plan on taking any classes, or do you think you're all you're okay on that? If I do, it would be one on one. I'd yeah. pay for like one on one. I'd love to get like Stoger for a one on one two day or or like a JJ or or Christian, any of the top guys. Nils yeah. does Nils teach? Nils doesn't teach, does he? I don't know. I don't even know what his day job is, to be honest with you. All I know is he's really good at running that canic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a beast. The athletic giraffe, they call him. Yeah. He is tall, long, and lanky. Yeah. Now, if there's something that, you know, current Matt would like to tell past Matt about shooting, what would that be? Gear does not matter as much as you think it does, as long as it works. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I spent so much money checking out my guns when it didn't matter. I could have spent that money on ammo and learned a lot more. Yeah, so it's not really good about rate, you know, that gear race or buying that new fangled Wisma Bob to put on your holster, well, on your uh, your gun or whatnot. Just find yeah, what I, works. Like I said, I got very lucky. I uh, first match I ever shot, I shot with a GM, and he helped me the whole way through. He he gave me tips, told me what to do and not to do, and he never see me wrong. Matt Olin checked. So I owe a lot to that guy. There's no way I would have made M and GM as fast as I did if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. So besides Mr. Olinchek, um, are there any, who are like your biggest supporters or uh, mentors? Mentors? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Hughes, Glenn Weeks, all team hold my beer. This is our little local shooting team. We had started as a joke and we're all pretty good. <laughs> we all help each other out. That's the, that's the biggest thing about the sport is the people, right? I, in my opinion, the people the people make this sport great. Mm-hmm. Besides, we're all being competitive type A personalities. Every yeah, we're all competitive, but ninety nine percent of us we all help each other out. Yeah. Even if we're, I mean, at my the people I shoot with, like we're all contention to be each other, but we're still helping each other out. Yeah, I mean that's where it's at. I mean, and you find that core group of guys you can always trust on and shoot with and knowing that they'll pass you your their gun to you or something like here your gun broke oh yeah like me at area eight i shot two different people's guns <laughs> that weren't mine that's 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 the camaraderie of this sport is quite impeccable to say that yeah like i like i said before show like bill duda <laughs> driving to my job and giving me bullets when i was in a pinch like couldn't ask for nicer people yeah what kind of bullets uh he let me buy some blue bullets off of him dirt cheap but I, uh, I'm sponsored by e- EGB Heads, and I shoot their 135s. EG what? EBG Heads. EBG. They're a small company out of Jersey. I shoot their 135s. 3.2 grains of tight group. Shooting them forever. Yeah. Now, what kind of power factor are you getting out of those? 135. Oh, okay. Uh, everyone was mad. My last match I shot, everyone was mad at me. I was getting like... 140 power factor and it sounded really loud out of my Glock. That's a little spicy. I should. I, I don't mind. I, I, I go to majors and like the lowest I've ever chronoed is 130, 129, and then the high. I'm normally right around in between 130, 135 because every major is different. Yeah. I remember uh, last year at VA State, they uh, they pulled a bullet and I shoot 135s and for whatever reason, the one they pulled they weighed it 
and it was like 129. <laughs> I made Power Factor with like 126. <laughs> Woo, that close. If they pulled the next one, it would have been the right. I don't know if they weighed it wrong or whatever, but when they walked up, you're shooting that. I'm like, no. They're like, that's what it weighed. I'm like, I doubt it because they're pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I still made it somehow. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I've been looking at bullets lately. I mean, luckily enough, blue bullets. Uh... Well, that's the thing these days. You got to get what you can get, right? Yeah. Blue Bullets has finally come back down to an eight-week lead time instead of 16 weeks. That's so crazy. I remember but, ordering from them and getting them shipped the next day. I, uh, I'm i going to try out some Brass Monkey Bullets. They ship pretty I, fast. I bought them in a pinch, and they're awesome, too. Mm-hmm. I'm a 125 guy. I haven't tried any other weights. I was I was a, always a 125 guy. I do not like 147s, but when I try these 135s, I they're like a perfect medium to me. I really like them. I've been shooting them for a long time. So it's not super snappy and it's not super sluggish. Yeah, it's a good in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 147s, I just feel like they're a little bit too slow for me. Yeah. And it's always that perceived thing. I mean, the slide probably cycles the same, the same way, same speed, but it always has that little spongier. A little special. But every gun's different, right? Mm -hmm. You know, different springs. You can always play around with that stuff. Yeah, until the until the primers stop popping. At the end of the day, that does not matter. Yeah. (laughs) Now, do you besides the people who've been mentors you who like who actually sponsors you? Who who got to pay credit to give some love here too? Lock grips, EBG heads. There's a local gun range full mail jacket. They've sponsored me. They take really good care of me, free brass. So that's all that all that stuff adds up, especially in 2021. You know. And then I, I shoot for Team Recon Sniper Foundation too. I started shooting for them this year, as, as long as with Team Home My Beer, and uh, they're they're an awesome group of dudes that are mostly vets, and we uh, we raise money and help vets in trouble, so that's awesome. Do they and do, like a fundraiser? Yeah, we did we do fundraisers when we need to for when we need to help somebody that needs it. That's pretty dope. We did like a rifle raffle this year. Yeah, just just all offer good stuff. Like we raised a bunch of money for uh, a guy that was active duty and his daughter had some rare disease and uh, TRICARE for whatever reason wouldn't pay their medical bills. So we, we helped as much as we could. Maybe we raised like over $10,000. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then I'm of course uh, GX products, right? I'm not sponsored by him, but I might as well be because he has hooked me up so many times. So yeah, we'll plug that then. Maybe maybe uh, Leif will listen to this and then uh, get you the rest of the I mean, I, I I guess I could say I'm sponsored by him. Yeah. <laughs> He's awesome. I love his product. But if there's something good and I use it, I'm not sponsored by him. I'm still going to tell somebody it's good. You know? Well, yeah, why would you not want it? To, why would you not want them to know about it? I mean, like Dominic Defense, they have no idea who I am, but I've probably sold a few belts for him because they make awesome stuff. Yeah, I, I know I've definitely sold a belt. It wasn't there's, hard, though. There's small companies like like him and GX, like they're hard not to love because the quality on that stuff is amazing. Like this holster belt combo, you can just tell like somebody handmade this. Mm-hmm. Like the GX holsters, they're they're so they're so good. Yeah, and uh, the, I was has so hesitant about ordering a GX until I kind of was talking with Mason Lane and it was like, I just need to order one of these. I mean, I just really it's didn't. worth the wait. Well, and but, I just love the feature of IRO a lot at my clubs. So yeah, wherever and so I go, do I. It's like 
just lock the damn thing. My current holster has the thumb screws, but I don't like fiddling with the retention because yeah. as soon as you fiddle with it, you're like, great. Now I got to <laughs> dial this in at the safe table. And I mean, with the, all the, the holster I was using before, I, was, I wasn't even doing a full speed walkthrough. I was just on a lean and like, I kind of like moved out of the way and I heard this thump. I looked down, yep, there's my gun covered in sand. And now that I'm shooting, you know, optic SRO funnel rocks, that doesn't sound like a good idea. No. So yeah, it's a it's an awesome feature and it doesn't mess up your draw. And then, like one step, one time I remember it was unloaded start and for whatever reason I didn't do my right my right make ready and I left it locked. You can pull through it no problem, mm-hmm. but that gun is not coming out by accident. Right. So that, yeah, it, that, it's it's a it's awesome. I love it. That's the best part. That is the best part. You can pull it. through it, but it's not going to come out when you're running around. Right. And that. And besides, like I, w- I watched a video the other day about them, again because I don't know. I'm I'm a gear junkie slash freaking YouTube gun watcher like all day long. Oh yeah, I am too. Like before USPSA, I that's what I did. I bought guns and bought a bunch of guns and I made my own ammo for them. And I I used to do like a lot of like precision bench rest shooting with my old man. Mm-hmm. And that was like like our whole thing was that we go to the range and who could shoot the tightest group with our ARs and our bolt guns and pistols the same way yeah sure we didn't even talk about you hunting you're uh you like to shoot waterfowl don't you waterfowl and pheasant i uh i got three golden retrievers and i just love following them around in the woods and in the water mm-hmm. if uh, i like hunting because of them so a... well and you know they love it they you know they, they love making you happy about getting that bird or yeah when i first started shooting uspsa she see me getting all the guns out and getting ready. She's like, all right, we're going hunting in the morning. I'm like, no, girl, you can't come with me. <laughs> but, like, when you get the shotguns out, they're, like, they're ready to go. They know it. They know it, yeah. Yeah, because like, I've been I've been shooting since I was seven years old. My dad bought me my first shotgun, but competitive since 2018. Mm-hmm. I just grew up hunting, and that's what sparked my interest in the guns. And I used to buy a bunch of pistols and a bunch of bolt actions, and but I've sold all them pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I don't have a lot of guns, but the ones I do have, I use. Yeah, I used to be like more of a guy that would shoot a little bit, but like buying them more. And now I'm like, if that gun doesn't have a purpose and I can't shoot a lot, it's gone. Somebody else can enjoy it. Yeah, they, they got to have a purpose or it's just like it's sitting and collecting yeah, I'm, dust. I'm, I'm definitely a shooter now. Do you have any of those like sentimental guns that you won't ever sell? Yeah, yeah, I got a few of those. Like, uh, I got my grandpa's old Model 12. I'll take that out like once a year and shoot a couple of pheasants with it and put it away. I got an old Enfield that was his. And just and uh, here's a here's a cool gun. I'll break it out. So my uh, my great grandfather was a cop back in the day, and uh, this is his old duty gun. Oh, this is one, this is a gun I'll never sell. So this is a Colt 357. This is the first 357 Colt ever ever made. It's the Python Python frame, but before the Python. If this gun wasn't all tampered with, it'd be worth a bunch of money. Oh yeah, as so it got springs and stuff and whatnot in it. No, it's just it's been reblued and I don't have the factory grips. Oh okay. But uh, I mean, I'll never sell it anyway, so I don't care. But it's awesome. I'll still shoot that thing. I I, I might shoot this in a match. I might shoot this in a jersey match just for fun. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Load I just in- wa- load up some wad cutters and go shoot it. Yeah, I just inherited last year at the end of last year. I inherited a a Dan Wesson um, six fifteen. It's it's a they're hunting, awesome guns. It's a it's got the scope on it and everything. Um, so it's it's it's, it's going to be my deer gun. So I'm going to go and 
hopefully blast a deer with that sucker this year. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I just can't do deer hunting because I'm not hunting with dogs. It's too boring for me. Yeah. And usually, my experience with deer hunting back when I was younger, I always fell asleep in the damn stand or in the blind, and you're like, it's too early for this shit. <laughs> I used to deer hunt a lot, but I've gotten out of it. Mm-hmm. Such a, so, it's very time consuming. Yeah, well, you got to go to bed earlier. You got to get up at, at the ass crack of dawn. And, yeah, and all the preparation, you know, finding out their movement and moving stands. And mm-hmm. I'd rather just go throw out some decoys and shoot some ducks. Yeah, flush out some pheasants. Yep. Because you know they're going to be in the field somewhere. Oh, yeah. I got to, my dog's so good. I'll just follow her around. I'll find something. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. All right, that is. If you ever want to come down sometime, I'll put you on the birds, man. Yeah, but that's one thing people don't realize. I, I live in South Jersey, but the hunting here is excellent. The duck hunting's world class. The pheasant hunting's they're they're state stock birds, but the state stocking program's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sportsmen in New Jersey. Hopefully, one day we'll turn the state around, but I don't I don't think so. It's kind of hard where where you're at. I mean, it'd be yeah, North up. North North Jersey, where all the uh, you know what are they run the state. So. Yeah, it's the unfortunate part is. It's just like here, we live in a very rural area in Michigan, and it's very different than it is like in the big metropolises, and which I love. I mean, I wouldn't change where I live for the world. I mean, I might change where my house actually is, but it's because my... I've, I've thought about moving across the bridge into America, but all my family's here, and all my little hunting and fishing holes, I don't want to be too far away from them. Yeah, through that. I fish a lot, too. I do a lot of bass fishing, saltwater fishing, striper. I'm just an outdoorsy type of person. There's nothing wrong with that. I love, I love camping. I love hiking. I was, uh, when I was younger, I was in the scouts and it was definitely a, uh, an experience to always be out every one, once a month going out and camping for three, four days and being out there in the woods. But USPSA has definitely been the main hobby. Like I'm missing missing opening a duck for nationals, but I'd rather go shoot nationals. Yeah. Can't complain that. I mean, especially when you can shoot against, the Max Michelles, the JJs, the Chris, the you name it, you know. Well, they're all going to be there. there this year. Nils, Heatherton, Mason. Yep. And all the other dudes that people don't know who they are yet. Yeah, that's a fact. There's got to be more GMs and carryoptics than any other division. Obviously, the classification in carryoptics is a little broken, but still. Yes, it definitely is. I mean, we can get it fixed eventually. Yeah, it's gonna it will fix itself. That's any new division. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. It's still a pretty new division if you look at it. Yeah. This will yeah. be the, the how many how many carry optics nationals has there been? This Four? Will be number six. Six? Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, because Max, and Max is, is one of them all. <laughs> five and he was shooting it when it was ten rounds. Yeah, he shot the first one was ten rounds, right? Mm-hmm. It was ten rounds with production mags. I, I don't know if it was production mags or if it was if you could have base plates or not. Yeah, it was, it was probably... Yeah, he couldn't have done a box. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. That was bef- right before I started. Well, if you, IDAPA has a box, but the box on the top is open. Like, for... That would be a smart idea. But then you Yeah, that, that wouldn't box. be a bad idea. Because I was watching a... I think it was a video on JJ's Instagram or something, where it was the... They were doing, like, essentially at Chrono at IDPA Nationals, and gun went in the box and there was a you know there's a slot over the top for an optic and hmm. so you could have a box and carry optics if they really wanted to 
Yeah, they they probably won't do it though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think these all these crazy rule changes are gonna be reversed. I don't I don't see it happening. But if it did, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. Well, and on speaking of that, let's talk about flashlights. I mean, they they obviously don't give anybody advantage because no pretty much no top level competitor shot with a flashlight at production nationals. No one yeah. on the super squad. I was gonna do it when I first came. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna run a flashlight on my gun," and I put my gun. I'm like, "No, this is dumb. Yeah. Doesn't change anything." Well, and you can't run a GX holster with a light on it. No, he hasn't made one yet, and he sh- and he shouldn't because, like I said, it's really no point in running one. Another thing is, I'm okay with flashlights being legal. Why did they make a list like production? Like you got these lock lights that are. I mean, no, no, uh, hit on lock for making some money off of it, but. It's not a flashlight. Come on. Yeah, it's it's a frame light. Yeah, they should have made a made a list of approved lights, which I'd be fine with. Like, get the surefire stream lights, yep. mod lights, all that. A flashlight that's intended to be a like duty light instead of yeah a frame light with a LED in it. I, I that's like I'm okay with flashlights as long as they did that. I'm fine with the appendix rule. Like, let the let guys come shoot their carry guns. I don't get I don't get why a lot of people got butt hurt about that. Yeah, not gonna change anything. I mean, it's kind. Of, it, I understand why some people got mad because it was kind of like fully lining his pockets with uh, participation, which but it those, was. And the people but, were, they weren't shooting. I think those people were shooting the sport with competition gear. They weren't. It's not like we drew new people in because of that. I mean, maybe 0.5 of a percent. Maybe. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna shoot my carry gun over over the winter after uh, after Nat just for fun because why not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there were some people who were like hesitant to do that because they would be an open before. Right. And then you're not going to beat open major power factor guys with a Glock 19. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not opposed to it. But at the end of the day, that was just a money grab. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen, I think I've talked to people about this, but just make the flashlights a level one exemption because you have. That's fine too. Why not? That makes more sense. Yep. It lets people have easier time of then getting into their gear like if they're going to a mate you know some of these guys will never shoot a major i know people who have never shot a major and don't ever plan on leaving the local level there's nothing wrong with that right no there's nothing wrong with that but but you know you at see the end of the day shooting a uspc match is a ton of fun and doing it locally mm-hmm. i will say there are some you know i've been to one club and it's like you be, sometimes you go to a club and you're like, I'm not returning because I didn't like the match. Not that I didn't like the people, didn't like the match. I would always say before you make a call on that, shoot the local twice because mm-hmm. there's a lot of locals I love where I went and shot their fours like, wow, this one was not that fun. But mm-hmm. you know, everybody can build a bad match. And the match directors, that's such a thankless job because all they do is they, they spend all that time building the stages and then when something goes wrong, they get yelled at. That's all. Nobody ever thanks them for their hard work. Yeah. Like match directors are the true people that make this sport great because they're putting in so much work for a thankless job yeah absolutely i mean it's it's kind of what it is we don't thank them enough i mean yeah the only time they get interaction with the club members is when the stage is messed up because the activator's not working and they get yelled at because people or, or take they this get yelled so at serious the, there's more than standing in a box shooting well that that is their fault <laughs> <laughs> well i've been to a club once or twice and it was literally shooting the box Match. Yeah, if they do that, there's a look around here where you go there and it's pretty much the same stages every time. 
So, you know, I like I like locals that mix it up. Yeah. Yeah, that is so that is true. I what how many stages do you prefer at a, a local minimum? Minimum? Six. Mm-hmm. Six six to five. Five plus a classifier. Yeah, that's what that's what it seems like most locals are, five plus a classifier. But there's some around here that are like six to eight. So one of them's twelve. Yeah. Like I, I'm blessed with good matches in my area. Well, it's probably well, it's because you have good, uh, good match staff and uh, good match directors and good people to shoot them and say, hey, you know. I yeah, mean, our USPSA community is huge. I mean, you, you, it's not uncommon to shoot a local around here with ninety people in it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially with you, you they sell out pretty damn quick. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, the, it's the volunteers who really put, you know, the match director and the people who go and volunteer to set up the stages, and you couldn't, the sport couldn't be. Take done without the volunteers. Yeah, I, I I helped build the stages at one of the local clubs, and that's a lot of time commitment, man. You're out there. We do ours the day before, and you're out there for three hours building stages. Then you go in there in the morning and finish them up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have uh at the one local I've been shooting lately. It's uh they have a setup crew. They have they do it in two flights. They do a Saturday flight and a Sunday flight. That, that seems to be the way to do it. There's a few clubs that have gone that way around here, and that seems to be the way to do it. And then they have, like, a, I think the there's a setup squad. They show up at 9. The match starts at noon on that second that first day. They just fine-tweak everything, get it ready. Yeah. Well, they, they set up the stage on Saturday morning. They've got all the stage demo, you know, stage designs, and they're like, all right, go put it up. Yeah. What, what we do is we, uh, we just lay, like, we lay the walls out and get the fault lines ready. Mm-hmm. on friday night and then saturday morning we go and we just make sure there's no shoot throughs and nothing illegal we just like fine tweak everything on saturday morning it makes it a lot easier for us because we the local we shoot we only there's only like four to five guys helping us set up the whole match yeah so that we just do it that way makes it worth it, it especially yeah. helps when people know what the hell they're doing <laughs> right yeah and that all comes with like for new match directors they probably don't want to do it because they don't know but you only gotta learn somehow yeah true that well, Matt, is there any final words you'd like to tell the listeners about whatever you feel like sharing? No, we cover a lot. <laughs> yeah, we did. It was a good one. I, I really enjoyed this. We'll have to probably bring you on after nationals too. I, yeah, let's do it. We'll do one where we talk more about shooting instead of the sport in a whole. Yeah, definitely. That'd be, that'd be fun. Absolutely. We didn't really get too much into actual shooting, but I had a good time. Yeah, me too. And Guys, I want to appreciate you all for checking it out and listening. Give Matt some hate in the comments, probably, or DM I'll him give it all. Give me some love, hate. I don't care. I mean, I love y'all, but until next time, guys, get out and do the things. Good talking with you, man.